0: Welcome back to the Ultimate Pocket Therapist podcast. We are a mother and daughter team of Shanette and Brooke, wanting to educate and enlighten others to mental health issues. That's right. And
1: here we are starting our second podcast. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. Before we get started, it is important to remember that this is in no way a substitute for a therapy session. This information is just to be shared have fun stories, basically give some insight. So if you find yourself relating to any of the topics that we talk about, please do not hesitate to seek professional treatment and not try to substitute our podcast for that such treatment. Ready?
0: Yes. Okay, let's start. So last week we started breaking into dysymia, which is mild to moderate depression. Um, Basically kind of went through what it was how it happens. Um, talked about my life of being <laughs> diagnosed with dysleemia and medication that I am on. Um, but so if you missed last week's episode, I highly recommend going back and listening to that. And that's our first episode. And that will give you good starting information. Yeah, it
1: goes over the diagnostic criteria for mm-hmm. dysleemia. How it's different from other types of depression. Yes. You know, just yeah. a little insight into dyslamia.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And we had mentioned wanting to talk about um, some treatment options and possibly like what to do if we recognize it, uh, dyslamia, that is being in someone that we're around or a loved one and how to help them with that. Yep. So I good. think let's start with uh, treatment, I think, in this episode and see how far we get. Okay. That's a good place to start. So one of the most common
1: types of therapy used to treat depression, moderate depression, mild depression, is what we call cognitive behavioral therapy. We touched on that just slightly in the first episode. But it is probably one of the most simplest ideas, but the hardest to implement that we will find. The premise behind cognitive therapy is that our thoughts create emotion emotion creates behavior so the whole idea is to really target our thought process get our thoughts turned around from negative thoughts to positive thoughts we find ourselves most people talking to ourselves every day but usually and it's not a problem no it's not as long as like nobody answers back
0: yeah. Yeah. And as long as you're not necessarily doing it where everyone can watch you and feel oh, yeah. like they need to, yeah, you know, admit you into mm-hmm. a therapy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, years ago, back in the olden days before dirt. Yeah.
0: Before dirt was invented. Mm-hmm. Water. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You would see someone walking down the street and they were obviously like talking to themselves and whatever. And it was like, you would instantly go, oh my word. Like that person's like crazy. Like look at them. They're crazy. <laughs> Nowadays... Everyone has an earbud in, and now they are all talking and singing to themselves or on the phone, whatever. It is really hard to pick out crazy yes. anymore. Yeah, and in it's fact, just not easy.
0: There's times that I want a good chat with myself. I'll pretend I'm on the phone. There you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> does anybody on the phone answer back? It doesn't matter. Does it, it does. <laughs> it goes into a whole different realm we don't want to go into. Oh, just then, answer nobody. Then no. No, not no, 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 the same don't. No, yeah. No, yeah. 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 Years ago, I had a client that had a long drive up to my office, like probably an hour and a half drive. And she gets there one day, and she's just really upset. And I go, what's going on? And she says, you know, I just realized I I talked to myself the entire drive up. I'm having this in-depth conversation with myself. She says, I, I don't know. Is that okay? And I go, has anybody ever answered? <laughs> She goes, no, I "I think we're okay, (laughs) (laughs) as long as we are not hearing voices. But back to that talk, actually, it's a really important part, because our patterns in our talk really start to define a lot of our psychological issues that are going on. So most of the time, what we find is our talk is negative and especially when we're dealing with depression and stuff like that. We have a hard time being positive. We look at the negative things. We look at our weaknesses instead of our strengths. We dwell on little things, and they become big things. Before long, we're going down. What I always tell my clients is like a runaway train, and it's hard to get that train stopped and pulled back in and get those thoughts turned around. And so with positive thoughts, we have to really work hard to inject positive thoughts when we have
0: negative thoughts going on.
1: And that can be really tough. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think anybody can relate to that too, mm-hmm. if they truly think back oh, yeah. at these times. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, even just getting dressed in the morning, Oh, I can't wear that. I, I'm too fat to wear that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, my... Um, just... Oh yeah.
1: Or even how many times when you're just the same thing getting dressed in the morning and all of a sudden you're going back reminiscing about something in your past that upset you or made you angry or even back to childhood stuff we just get negative thoughts going at the weirdest times Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah definitely Mm -hmm. yeah so with cognitive behavioral therapy it's one used most widely in counseling you know probably my guess is you uh experienced a little bit of that when you went to counseling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> so as as I've stated before in episode one, and probably will continue to state because, you know, this is a podcast based on mental health issues, and I grew up with a therapist. But um, aside from having this really great mother-daughter relationship and having her also be a therapist and just being kind of at my beck and call. There has been, um, different times in my life where I have actually reached out to an outside source for therapy. And, um, one time it was back, uh, during my first marriage and we were trying to figure stuff out. We went, um, me and my ex-husband went in together to a therapist and he was great. It went well. It was just that, that talk therapy, um, and it was at no fault of the therapist's own that it didn't work out. It was <laughs> things not being worked on on our end of the spectrum. And, but it was, it was really nice to just have somebody to talk to who actually didn't have an opinion in the matter it was that third party who right. unbiased, unbiased. Mm-hmm. Yes. Had, not had, your mother, not my mother. who right. Always, always yeah. take my side. No, well,
1: Yes. And has an opinion. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know, going in and he had no opinion on us. And so it was kind of a fl- fresh slate to kind of try to hash some stuff out. And I feel like if we had a different, me and my ex had a different relationship, it would have been really helpful. Mm-hmm. And then I had actually gone in, um, years later during my divorce, I had actually gone in to talk to a therapist too. And that was kind of a different reason on my own. It wasn't because I necessarily needed him to talk to because I had you to talk to and kind of had my bearings of what was going on, but it was almost for a legal standpoint because my ex was going to therapy and I was worried if we went deeper into a legal fight, um, as our divorce progressed that if he had gone to therapy and I didn't, there was no way I could tell a judge or a mediator, well, but I have therapy every day with my mom. Like my, my mommy says that it's. Oh, that was a cover your ass therapy. It was oh, okay. It was a cover my ass. Therapy. Well, I haven't
1: even listed that as a type of therapy. Brooke. Well, it,
0: it, it oh, yeah. was, it was a Brooke type of therapy. Okay. It was a cover my that's... ass, a tit for tat therapy. Well, that's good. Bring Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. But, but it was, it was nice to talk to him, you know, mm-hmm. again, an outside source. I was not, I was there alone and kind of got to hash out you know, a yeah. few of my own things. I didn't go very long, but, mm-hmm. you know, but growing up, I mean, and still to this day, I, I talk to my mom, you every day and we'll bring up you know, anything going on, whether it's a.
1: An a, issue with the kids. Yeah. Issue yeah. with the
0: Kids or you know, just even a random thing with my boss that was weird, you know, um, co-parenting issues with, you know, or not issues. And I just feel like, honestly, if I didn't have you to talk to, I would find myself very quickly needing a therapist, a therapist. Yeah. Yep. Because I don't necessarily have, you know, I don't sit down with a therapist, but I call you (laughs) at least four times a day. So this is true. This is true.
1: So, and you know, that's kind of important when we talk about that because there's all different reasons for going. You know, we were kind of focusing on this cognitive thing, turning our negative thoughts around into positive thoughts. But you know, there's uh, interpersonal therapy, which is really a short term based therapy. It kind of is about 12 to 16 weeks. It has a goal. We are just looking at interpersonal patterns that cause hardships. Um, The therapy focuses on these specific patterns. Examples could be like conflict, role change, grief, lack of quality or quantity in an interpersonal relationship. And the therapy is kind of based to be really short term and kind of like what you were probably doing more when you went the second time. Yes. You know, it was an interpersonal type of short term therapy. I have a goal, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's not an in-depth, long-term psychotherapy that we're going back and dealing with past issues from childhood. It is a specific goal-oriented kind of therapy. Yeah. Because not all therapy, you have to like go back and you know, sell your soul to the therapist. Correct. You know? And then there's problem-solving therapy, which is real interesting, too. It's, just a, it's a type of cognitive behavioral therapy, but it focuses just on a specific problem. And you're only in there, whether it's an interpersonal problem or not, but you're only in there just to help identify and work on changing that specific problem, which is usually identifying what the problem is, increasing coping skills. And oftentimes that's a very short term kind of therapy too. Mm -hmm. So we're not looking at a lot of long term therapies, but people with depression generally need more of the cognitive approach mm-hmm. and maybe even going back and dealing with some past issues that have, you know, added to their level of depression over the years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just cause you think you might be over something.
1: It comes back. It, up, it comes you know.
0: back and you may not even realize it's coming back. Right. But it is a root cause to thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I always, um, I don't know if you had mentioned this earlier, but the, The thoughts create emotion and emotion creates behavior. Right. Yeah. And I've always really liked that because it's very true. You know, it just kind of goes hand in hand.
1: And it's amazing how many people have a hard time wrapping their brain around that idea because often people feel the emotion and then the behavior comes from the emotion and they do not realize that it actually started with thoughts and getting people to back the truck up and really look at what thoughts were going on that caused the emotion and then caused the behavior is really tough. I have clients oftentimes in the therapy session, just I, I always have people bring a notebook, but take out a piece of paper on their notebook, draw a line down the middle on one side, put negative thoughts as a heading the other side, put thoughts, positive thoughts. And then every time they have a negative thought, write it down. But then they have to write a positive thought to counter the negative thought. And that is actually a tough exercise to do. And it makes people realize how many negative thoughts we have throughout the day. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you remember um, a friendship I had back when I w- you had a friend. I did. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't got her in no more. Shit. Oh, I got, well, yeah, yeah, that yeah. okay, that it was just surprised me. Pa-
1: yeah, don't was, get excited. Okay, mom. I, was, I thought maybe you had a friend. No. Okay. Jeez.
0: Okay. Just,
1: just listen. I will. Okay. Okay.
0: But I don't I know listen. if you remember. Um, but she we'll, Karen. Karen. We'll call her Karen because we're not using real names. <laughs> this is a small community where we live in. Um, bayways. <laughs> Karen at the time, um, when I met her, I was young. I was 21. It was before I even had kids. I was barely married, but she was married for about the same amount of time. And her and her husband had Bob, Bob, her and her husband, Bob Bob had a horrible relationship and he was terrible to her.
1: Oh, I do remember this one. Yes. And oh, yeah. we would go, yeah. and I spent yeah. a lot of time with her. And she was over at her, the house a lot. Yeah. Here. She'd
0: come over and ride horses with me. Right. We'd go to girls nights. Yep. Okay. And it got to a point where every time I was with her and it was all we talked about was the crap going on between her and Bob and yep. how horrible Bob was to her. And he did this and he did that. And he, and he was horrible. It was not, necessarily. Right. I think he was abusive. Very abusive. Yeah, I think, and he, she had some kids. Yeah. She had a few kids okay. and yeah. yeah. And he was very, he was just terrible to her. But after hanging out with her, I would be so exhausted and I would go home and I would honestly be upset with my husband. You had taken it on. I had taken on her and I'd come home and not that we had a great relationship or anything, but it'd be a time that he wasn't doing anything and I would be upset with him and I would almost put on him the emotions that I was getting from Karen and Bob. Right. And it got to a point where we'd almost end up in fights over stuff he didn't even do because I was so emotionally ramped up that it was causing behavior towards him yeah, because of the thoughts and emotions and all this stuff. And it got to a point where I had to actually cut ties with Karen Mm -hmm. and, it was one of those. If we, if you can't fix your marriage and get a handle on it all, get a handle on your life. Like, right. I'm not, I'm not
1: the therapist. I'm not. I'm not the, I yep. can't handle it. Right. You know? I'm like, you've got. I'm not get your some sounding help. board. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it ended up ending our friendship because she couldn't handle it.
1: Right. And, and yep. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Which does bring up a really good point because oftentimes, you know, we try to be sounding boards for people, and we try to be good listeners, we try to be supportive. But it is very difficult not to allow that negative emotion to penetrate and us carry it with us. Mm-hmm. You know, as a therapist, that's something that I have had to learn to do. Um, you know, almost from the beginning of becoming a therapist, is I've had to learn how not to take on anyone else's negative emotion because negative emotion, negative thoughts are very powerful. Yeah. You know, in fact, I have a story about learning trying to learn to do that when I was a brand new therapist out of graduate school when my first jobs was on the Indian Reservation in uh, Toyok it was a Ute Mountain Ute Indian Reservation in Colorado and my job was a child protective worker and there was horrible amounts of abuse we had largest caseload of kids in foster care in all of the state of Colorado and we were a tiny reservation of 800 people So the majority of the kids were in out-of-home placement. My job was to remove them from the home, then try to work with the family, to get them reunited. It was just a no-win situation. It was a hard first job. And I ended up with an ulcer. Mm -hmm. And why? Because I took it all in. I'd go home. I'd worry about all those kids, what I was going to do, how I was going to fix them. And my supervisor at the time, who's still a very good friend of mine, um, sat me down. And I'm fresh out of graduate school. And she sits me down and she says, you know, here's the deal. You are going to be a shitty therapist until you figure out you cannot help anyone. She says, your job is not to do that. Your job is to give them the guidance, the direction, and the knowledge. And when they walk out of your office, it is on them to help themselves. It is not your responsibility. And she says, until you figure that out, you ain't going to make it in this profession. So she helped me do an imagery thing, because every night as we left the Indian Reservation, there was a cattle guard, the old-fashioned cattle guards that go, as you go across. You know, the sound. <laughs> what, what was that? No, I, you, you can do the sound. You do sounds.
0: sound. No. Well, it's the sound. It was so much better
1: when you did that. <laughs> I, know, I know, I'm good with sounds. <laughs> anyway, she would have me, like, image all the shit that had gone on. All day long on this Indian reservation. And she would say, you know what? Your your job is, is when we cross that cattle guard, you just drop that shit in the cattle guard and you do not take it home with you. And then the next morning when we cross the cattle guard, you pick it back up. It is yours to have for eight hours a day. And then you get rid of it. And I really worked hard on that imagery. But that's something that I have carried with me in my practice is I can't fix anyone.
0: Yeah. You, know? you can only give them tools. Right but you can't do it. No,
1: no. When they walk out of my door, it is on them. Mm -hmm. I cannot go home with them, you know? Yeah. And that's what you found yourself doing with Karen was taking it all on. Yes. Taking it home with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being my little
0: 21 year old self, I couldn't separate it. I wasn't even mature enough to be handling that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't mature enough to be handling most of the things I was handling in my life, but Yeah, definitely. That was, it was just a tipping point. And I actually heard a lot of people do that, feel that same way and do that same thing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's
1: tough to separate. You have to be very aware. And I think you also have to have really good coping skills yourself and know how to get your own positive thoughts um, going instead of the negative thoughts going, Mm -hmm. you know, and that helps you separate that out too. But when you're in a negative place, it is so easy to take on more negative. Yeah. Yeah, it just becomes kind of contagious. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll find myself even now. I mean, I'm I'm remarried now, and my husband seriously is my best friend. Like, we don't have issues like I used to, or and way more mature. I'm 31 now, not 21. Right. Yeah. But, but I'll even find myself. But you did
1: pick a good one.
0: I did. Oh yeah, I yeah. did. He's a good one. He, he is. is a good. One. He's a keeper. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's kind of why I married him. Yeah. Um. But I uh, I'll even find myself at times watching a show with a negative relationship happening. And I'll have to, like, once it's over, I have to really check myself because I'll find myself having a little bit of a negative emotion, like, oh, husbands or, oh, the, and it's like, no, that was a movie. That was a, yeah, it was a drama (laughs) on TV, not my life, but it's just easy. Just those emotions get heightened and. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm like, I could very easily carry this into my yeah, my real life. And yeah. Can you real. imagine
1: if I had not learned how to get a handle on that as a really young therapist? Can you imagine the <laughs> shit I'd carry into our lives no. from every day of therapy? No. Oh, no. It would just, I think that would just destroy.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know? think you could honestly have had a healthy family unit. Yeah. And yeah, been married be for 42 him. years. Yeah, yeah. And. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, definitely. It just huge.
1: Yep. So that's kind of when we're looking at cognitive. um, That was a long way around cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, but yeah, Yeah. that's good. Oh yeah, we're all good. Okay. So, (laughs) anyway, that what other kinds of treatment, Brooke? I oh I know one that's really popular that we didn't have years ago back in the dark ages. Dark ages. Yep. Dark Dark ages is the EMDR. Oh. Do you know what that is? No. Huh?
0: Do you want me to pretend? No. Okay. Then go ahead.
1: Well, go ahead <laughs> why pretend. Don't, why don't you tell me <laughs> EMDR? <laughs> it is a type of therapy that is um focuses on trauma. Oh. And dealing with trauma, a lot of veterans PTSD um PTSD. There you go. There we go. A little dyslexic. Anyway, when we're looking at that kind of stuff, um, it's a very popular type of therapy and therapists are certified and trained in doing it. In fact, a few years ago, um, I have a therapist that I work with doing equine therapy and she and I have worked together for about the last 14 years. And a few years ago when we were working with clients, we were be referring them out to other therapists that specialized in the EMDR. And finally, she says, you know, I'm going to go back and uh, get certified and trained in it. And she did. If I was younger, I probably would have, but I don't need to take on more. I'll let her do it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she said it has changed her whole perspective on how she does counseling. It's just amazing in dealing with trauma. Mm -hmm. So we are actually in the future going to invite her on as one of our guests. And she's going to actually get in depth about that type of modality. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah. And I, um, I personally know people who have gone to her and it's just uh, like, change their life. Yeah. Yep. Life changing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they almost started going, not realizing that that was even an issue still. Right. You know, a, a past trauma. Yep. Like they had just kind of still
1: getting it, in the way, still
0: getting in the way. Yeah. And just absolutely. Once she had gotten into that, Completely flipped their lives yeah. for the positive And
1: it's amazing stuff. It's mm-hmm. really fun. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy her stories. Yeah, she sure, yeah. So we'll have her on in the future with that. But that's kind of our um, little look at treatment modalities. There are so many. We could spend episode after episode talking about treatment because we haven't even gotten into, you know, the psychotherapy end, which I love to do, which is going back and dealing with past. Childhood issues mm-hmm. and that. But dealing with what we talked about last week with dysthymia, probably what we are going to see most of in dealing with dyslimia is cognitive behavioral. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, there is a really good book. And this is actually when I have, like, the books. I actually have the whole, like, I can say the author. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not a mystery. But this book is called the Dialectical Behavioral therapy skills workbook and we are going to put a link right Brooke you're mm-hmm. in charge of links sure yeah, yeah.
0: sure <laughs> yes On- in in the show notes after each episode or in, you know look in there and I will have links to the different things we talk about and you know the handouts the handouts, and, handouts mm-hmm. and yeah kind yeah. of and, and then outlines of our episodes for like, brief and why I love this book is
1: it is a self help workbook so you can get in and go through the pages it is really good it's been one that i have used a lot referred a lot i've had clients actually come and have been using this book even before they came to therapy Mm. so um we'll put a, a link on there with the authors and stuff but that's a really good resource also a couple of the handouts that we have um on negative thought and positive thought? hmm Okay. We'll put those on. Yeah. Those are handouts that Brooke actually created. A little plug for Brooke. It's really handy. <laughs> Way a, back when. Yeah. It's handy having a graphic designer as a daughter when I need handouts, <laughs> but we'll put that on. And then there's another handout that I have called Nuts. Mm. You know, nut. Dirty. Like, yeah. Like you're a nut.
0: <laughs> but not D's nuts, mom. Not
1: these nuts. Those nuts. <laughs> And this is one of those handouts that I love, but I have no idea where it came from. Mm. Back in the dark ages. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called Nuts, which is basically negative unhealthy thoughts. And it goes through a lot of thinking errors. Yeah. And pages of thinking errors. And that's one that we will put on there and refer to, too. Because it's actually kind of fun to go through and check the ones that apply to you. Yeah. If you're not, um, like, in denial. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, denials on there. <laughs>
0: oh, weird.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will get those all linked. Um, I'll put links in the show notes, like I said, and put Facebook, Instagram, okay. and hopefully our website. I'm still in the works of of that.
1: What happened to it, Brooke? I broke it. Oh, I
0: know you did. <laughs> and when she gets it fixed, it'll be up and going. <laughs> I I pretended like I knew things I didn't know and I broke it. So I got to unbreak it. Yeah. When she gets it fixed. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be up and it'll, it'll act like a blog that will go through. Okay. Important information from our episodes. Mm -hmm. So,
1: so this might be a really good time to bring up that one of the things that Brooke and I want to start looking at and doing for future episodes is having listeners write in any kind of topic they might want to have discussed, or even if a personal issues come up that they would like some ideas on how to handle, have that, um, submit that. Mm-hmm. And we will look at actually airing that Yeah. kind of a question answer type of thing. Again, remember that that does not substitute a therapy session it is not a contract. I am not your therapist, but we would love to kind of have input from um, listeners Mm -hmm. on topics they might find interesting.
0: Yeah. Even if it's a past story too, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's like, Hey, last week you guys brought up this, this was my experience Experience. in it. Mm -hmm. It's always, it's great. I love juicy details of things and being able to dive in deeper.
1: Right. And of course, it will all be anonymous. Everyone will be a Bob and a Karen.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So make sure, too, when you are writing that, if you do not want identifying factors being read on the podcast, don't put them in. Yeah. You we know, don't we, we don't might not ball. use your name. Yeah. But if you describe all four of your kids and an ex and where you live and where you work, people will probably figure out who you are. So. Make sure if you don't want that figured out, <laughs> put that in, please.
1: And if you do, that could be even funner.
0: Yeah, it could oh, be. Okay. It be entertaining for us. Well, yeah. Yes, but you may have some uh, repercussions that you didn't want.
1: Anyway, well, I think let's just wrap it up for today. I think next um, episode we are actually going to focus on what we can specifically do if we know someone, a family member, friend, coworker, anyone – who is struggling with these issues, with depression, with anything, how we can help them get help.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sound like a plan? Yeah, definitely. Um, And then again, look in our show notes, our email address will be in there too. Um, That will be the current way to submit questions, comments, what we were talking about before. Um, And please, if you guys enjoyed this, whatever platform you're listening on, however it allows, follow, download you know subscribe just help promote us tell your friends okay but we will uh catch you next time sounds good